This is TV8 by Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. You think you can't make mistakes? But the choices you make could get yourself and everyone under your command killed. But I believe in you, Jim. Darkness is coming. No ship should go down without her captain. I believe in you, Jim. didn't know her but she was in her apartment complex she came over hung out with my roommate once and she would leave her kid at home and she'd come over to hang out at the house with with the the monitor with the baby monitor (laughs) and she found out it would go all the way to the pool it was like what is the plan if you hear something (laughs) because the monitor's useless (laughs) i just thought that'd be a funny sketch darkly funny (laughs) because she did that where she's like she goes to the bathroom and she's like, oh, guys, keep an eye air on this for a second. <laughs> Sets it down, walks off. We're like, we could be hearing anything right now. And that would be the most awkward situation for us. While she's <laughs> in the bathroom, we have to tell her that we heard, like, wolves breaking into her kid's room. <laughs> what I miss? She's going to yeah. What I miss? No, I think your kid like, just got eaten by a dog. <laughs> I think the battery ran out. You should probably just go home then. It's so funny that in, in, in Insidious they do the thing that I have always had the most horrifying fear of with baby monitors. They freak Just me hearing out. hearing that crap on he, the baby monitor. Well, hearing a person hurt. Like, well, I always, in the, in my version of it, of my nightmare in my head, is that I'd hear Alex just talking to somebody. She does wake up in the middle of the night and start talking, but it's never to anybody. Like, so it's like she's just talking and then somebody's asked, like, ooh, the f-? And it just would freak me out. But in the movie, yeah, that's... That happens in, like, every movie. Yeah, it's freaky. I hate talking it. Talking to the dead girl. They do... That's in... What's the the one in Sinister? She does that, where she's talking to the dead girl. I can't I can't remember where I saw monitor, this, but though. there was one episode... One something where they, they put the wrong end of the baby monitor in the kids' room. Then they go off and have sex. And oh, God. Get, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if it's a little baby, it's probably. Well, okay. Insidious yeah. is so freaky because it does like. I was like, Jesus Christ. You just hear him like, give it to me now. He's like, what the shit? And it just does a weird detuned devil voice for a second. I'm like, holy moly, that's. I know. That's it's not only. That's scary no matter what room you hear it in, but the, that it's in the baby's room. Is what, that's a good scary movie. Yeah. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name's Sean. I'm here with Andrew and Greg. Insane Curry. <laughs> All right. What's up? I, I'm, I'm trying to let Andrew go first because, I mean, you guys are doing it more than I am these days. You know, <laughs> so. yeah, if I do recut the intro, I swear I should at least recut an intro that mentions Andrew specifically. When I made that intro, in, intro you weren't recording episodes with us, so it's like, now I need to make an intro that at least mentions. Yeah, it's an intro. It's like in every episode of every show now. <laughs> yeah. I just stopped going to school, so that's... <laughs> Yeah, I, gra- I graduated. <laughs> when, my, when my schedule clears up, I'm here. I'm here more often. Yeah, I was like, well, now I don't want to have class on Monday, so I can do it. Did you quit school well, or did you? No, graduate? I finished school. Oh, okay. I turned eighteen and I was out of it. No, I was about to say, man, you get your ass back to school. No, I, I finished. I finished in the the yeah, winter. Stay in drugs, drink your school, don't do milk, like Mr. T says. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, tonight we can talk about Star Trek. Obviously, uh, obviously, with the buildup that we've already had, that's going to be the topic of tonight's show. Yes. 
A spoiler warning, too, for this one. Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to talk, yeah. talk about it all. So. Andrew's the good one, because I always forget to mention it, because I always assume everyone's seen it, but I don't know what we talk about if we're going to talk about a movie in, for an hour and not be able to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I know, some, it, but, but some people might but not. They might it's, feel like... it's a good courtesy. The internet people are always correcting me on the courtesies of that stuff, because I never know. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Because yeah, you can't so. talk about this movie without... Spoiling it, yeah, because it's the whole thing, yeah, and it's like to me, it, it's the it whole thing, and exactly it's, what we, it's what the I whole thing, it and it's be. nothing at the same time. So we'll get into that. Well, I think there's Greg, been much speculation about my opinion of this movie, and uh, and uh, you know, Drum roll. I to, yeah, I have to say that I liked it. <laughs> Seen the movie. No, that was just that? That, that was just a bitterness. without any kind yeah, of his I, life I, evidence of anything. I, I was no, I actually I was watching the Daily Show and uh, he was on there. And oh, I saw that one where he's like, I never even liked Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, and and John Stewart, John Stewart, shut him down about that. That was what was funny about it. It's like you know. Uh, he was like, I stopped hearing you. He, you know, J.J. Abrams talks for a few minutes, but then John goes, you know, I stopped hearing you after you said I didn't like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. I ass- yeah, I assume after that you apologized. Yeah. And, and so, What's I mean, funny but is you, I think maybe J.J. Him. got it. Maybe, maybe he but you know what? I, I still think that I almost, I mean, I like the movie too, and I like, and it's fun. And, and, you, and I watched the first one before this too. But I think almost the problem, it, the first one's actually really solid, and this one has like probably a lot more writing problems, a lot more like idea problems, yeah, story problems. But I like think the, I think it's because they should have just let JJ write it too, because I think I don't know though because these writers are actually Star Trek. Fans. Yeah, but I think like, the problem you don't that's want the him writing because he doesn't with, know anything about it. Well, with his last one, I think that's the problem though, because they're bringing in this stuff that doesn't need to be in this story at all. I think. If you, I think that's them. You know, Star Trek always has trouble finding a villain, and they always try to find a villain like Khan. So, well, the, the thing is, like, he the, already the no-brainer is, in this. He's a great just villain. You just don't need to Khan. call him that. Like, because the stuff well, I mean, they that's, do. You had you had this cool idea of this genetically enhanced guy. You had this great actor. You know, it had that foundation that people thought. You know, oh, this guy's like Khan. He didn't have to be Khan. Yeah. No, as a matter of fact, I don't, you know, it it was sort of a. I check when he when he announced himself to be con. I was like, you know, okay, so. <laughs> so we thought that's why I thought you know because the whole thing because there were people in, in the movie theater when we were there like yes yeah like, like ah, yeah. I am con like oh yeah it's like come on man that was the obvious thing anything else would have been more interesting than that yeah. I forgive them because it's like Superman fighting Zod in the new Superman movie it's like you go with the one that you know worked. But but see I mean but he's not con he's not I mean he's not that. The con that we know, which I understand this is a reboot, but it why they just gave him the name because they gave him the name. He doesn't well, do they, anything they to the, really earn because the they name. stole the premise. Is yeah. why. The, what, what bothers me about this, I don't mind. Like I don't mind a recasting that makes him like because that was the argument that was happening as we were walking out of the theater was was like, I know, I understand that this is like in some kind of continuity with the original timeline and all that. So why is Khan British now? I mean, if the things are happening out of events, but but, you know, why does he have like a different nationality and different accent now? If there's supposed to be some connections, like I'll forgive that though, because it's like you bring in the actor you think is going to do it. You're not going to try to bring in someone to act like Mercado Montalban. Well, no, yeah, that would have been bad too. Reinventing the character, but I would have just gone. I just would not have used Khan. I would have just. I agree with that. Yeah, but I think they just thought that was like the slam dunk to just say it's Khan. Well, I think it's what the fanboys wanted. 
and it seems yeah. to have pleased fanboys. And people coming back for this movie were like, "This is the best one since Wrath of Khan." It's like, well, uh, I thought I liked it, but I don't, I don't. I don't think it's fair to compare the two franchises at all. Yeah, I think it actually pissed off more fanboys when they did that because I mean, people talking about it afterwards, it's like because they're actually not doing anything with that though. It's literally just. A name drop, and in the movie, well, if you watch it, it's like some... there's no point to it because he says my name, and the music builds is gone, and the characters just look at him like, so yeah, why so. did you steal the thing? <laughs> They're like they have no, they don't. If they had built up, that, he's like, well, so getting back to my, yeah, like, if they had built up that he was like that Hitler figure that he is, like in the history and that canon. Well, was historically I know, known, they, they yeah. even had to call old Spock to get the whole, you know, uh, skinny on Khan. Like why was Khan so bad? You know, he's like, back in our original timeline, all we did was check the historical data tapes, but I guess you guys don't do that on your fancy No, so you got to call me and bother me. <laughs> you got to call me while I'm trying to rebuild Vulcan from nothing, <laughs> but otherwise not busy. I mean, that, to me, that was one of the goofier things. But, but what it, he, Well, that was just a cameo. That's another thing, thing you thing forgive too. as a movie it's convention. Like, they just wanted a cameo. Well, the, and that's the thing, too. It's like, he's like, he just, I mean, the, the only information he needs to tell him is like, he needs to tell him, don't trust him. But the problem is he can't do anything based on that either. But he says, how did you feed him? defeat him? And then they cut away like he's starting to tell him something. And I was like, well, what did he tell him? Well, because they didn't defeat him in cost. any way. And the thing that they do is totally different. That, and then, That scene <laughs> like, yeah. is just there. to the, It's to give gravity to, to Spock so that he understands what they're facing, which is actually not earned because Khan is kind of a dope. In, in the story he doesn't he's a well, dope in the, he's that, that's in another the other reason <laughs> like his plan is completely idiotic and, and serves no purpose at all and ultimately is what gets him caught which is precisely you know, that's the problem with this movie it's like it's built up around these things like, I'm gonna I really liked it let's put it this way I mean, this is more fun to tear this apart because I enjoyed it but I agree with you there is a sort of Dark Knight Rises element where you start saying it's built around all these ki- scenes it's kind these of these scenes don't link together into a story it kind of doesn't make any sense when you really start and I, it, but the difference is even with Iron Man 3 like they don't piss me off because they're fun with Prometheus and Dark Knight Rises they're trying to be something else they're trying to be this profound thing and I was like they're not but well, this is I just think, trying to be fun, and so it just ends up being fun. I, I, think. I think that's why I, I I can say I like this movie because I'm not grinning on that on that kind of curve at all. But I, mean, I can. I but we this can, is an action can, movie. It's, comparing you know, it to the original TV show, you know, like if it's that kind of story, like, these are the kind of plot lines we may have seen in the original series. <laughs> like comparing right. it to that, but comparing it to Wrath of Khan does seem to me a little heavy-handed because you're sort of pointing to a really sublime well, and, and actually, well-told story. I, I kind of think that, that this this was not really so much a reboot of Wrath of Khan as it was a reboot of Space Siege. Space Siege, yeah. yeah. But it, then they brought in the parallelism by the end, is like, which I thought was kind of fun as a reversal. The, the role reversal bef- between Kirk and Spock yeah. is kind of is kind of a fun scene. Yeah, I like that. Well-acted I thought that was scene kind of But I, think, I feel like the whole movie was constructed over those ideas and then what what it did it did for cause this rippling effect would cause scenes that didn't need to happen to happen and it caused character arcs like the people they don't end up in any place they weren't at the beginning of this movie at the end of the first movie like the captain like in the first movie kirk was supposed to you know it's about him being reckless and giving and getting enough like maturity to lead these people and to treat them like family and he goes, and it's about Spock getting past some of his craft to be emotional when it needs to be. You know what I mean? Like it's it's about Uhura and Spock having emotional fights about certain things. That's what it is about. Like this is literally the exact same character arcs they have. Like they're they're no di- they're not in a different spot than they were in the end of the first movie or beginning well, of this movie. Yeah, but I do they just know each other better. Yeah. But exactly. I do feel that 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 they did change they did change in the course of this movie. I think at the end of it, you know. Uh, like Kirk at least sounded like he was going to be a little bit more of a responsible captain. Yeah, I get that, but I feel like that's what the kind of was supposed to happen out of the end of the first one there. And that's, I think the reason that that was, I'll give them that those arcs needed to be revisited because it was such a rush job in the first one because we had to establish all the characters. Yeah, and then I we mean, all they were trying to, to do in the first Star Trek was get him in the chair. And like, they, so and they broke every rule of like command structure to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So this is actually a good movie to say, you know what? He's not the greatest captain in the world because he's like two days out of school. Yeah, I get that. And he it's was like, about to get kicked well, out. That's what, yeah, watching this when you, they do that and they throw him out, you it, it does have that effect. You're like, well, maybe you start you start to doubt the leadership of all of them, though. Because like, this is really, they, why did you guys give it to him in the first place? It seems like Starfleet really reckless. It seems to be run yeah. by morons. Because... 
I think because here's Mike the thing: it was sort of it's sort of like Avengers, where it's like they were handed all these cards of things they had to put in the movie. It's like at some point we need to see Klingons because we haven't shown Klingons yet, and we want to tease the next. Movie. That part's great, though. I Which like that part. Yeah, it's awesome. But so they have to go to the Klingon planet. It's like why would they go to the Klingon planet? It's like you work that out. I don't care. But they got to go to the Klingons. I feel like they should be doing see, some like, world building because Khan's got to do some some crazy kung fu on some folks. I don't so we can have some action. Yeah, I don't like the whole story with RoboCop and stuff, and like how how he is <laughs> wants to start this war, and that's the point of that because the whole because point again, of it's, Star it's Trek. Dumb. Is, yeah, the whole point of Star Trek, like that, it's hard to get across to like a general audience is that the the reason they follow code and reason the reason like the rules are so important is because because they follow these codes for so many hundreds of years they're like a peaceful civilization like people are at peace with each other basically right that's the idea like it's a it's an optimistic future and the idea that that's they have yeah, this mission the, the, to go the guy, out the head of starfleet command is just yeah and so they present this path. world as like why should he follow any of these rules because everybody's just a, it's if they present it like it's I think that's why some people get pissed at this kind of version of Star Trek is because they don't. See, I, don't show. I don't really have a problem with that so much because I mean in the, in in Star Trek canon, old Star Trek canon, uh, I mean there's been captains and admirals and stuff that have gone rogue. And you get bad that, apples. Yeah, but and, it's uh, so two dimensional though because even like uh, you, that guy's game plan doesn't make sense as to is like why is it. Like in the movie, they're trying to like, show him how me, important it is to, to follow out. the rules. It's like it's weird to have the main villain be a guy that's well, he's not following the rules, and you kind of have to not follow the rules to beat him too. It's like what? <laughs> I thought that was the point of this the beginning of this. It's like that you are not... learn to follow the rules. <laughs> yeah. I was actually kind of okay if 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 the movie had been just Kirk versus Peter Weller's character. I would have enjoyed that movie. The, 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 I would I mean, like just even heard versus Khan. Like if it was just something well, else. See, to me, what 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 the Peter Weller character did was diminish Khan. It made him like a secondary baddie because you had mm-hmm. this, you know, you and he was being manipulated by by this admiral because his plan was to sort of was to draw attention to what the Star what Starfleet command was doing so that he could like have this emergency council session so he could fly a helicopter and shoot them through the window. Yeah, to shoot him. So he blew up like a whole city so that he could arrange that. It's like, why didn't you just have that guy that you bribed put a bomb in Starfleet headquarters and blow that well, up? Well, you're like a mastermind. Why don't you just go in there yourself and just do, like, I mean, even it shows his office later on, like his desk with all the models and stuff. It's like, there's windows everywhere. You can just snipe them from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, I could actually get past all of those things too if my biggest problem, and like at first it's like, well, it's just a blockbuster, but my biggest problem, the only problems I really had during watching it, because sometimes that plan is crazy, but it's so fast and moving fast, you don't have time to You don't have time to it. imagine. You're like, like, yeah, whatever, Why it's does the Admiral want us to shoot? So it's like you've weaponized these life pods and we're supposed to shoot them at the Klingon homeworld that, so that it kills Khan by detonating his people. But he did it to smuggle the people, the people but he knows but, the people are in there. also is the plan to, to create a war between the Klingons was it, uh, Well, not to me, the, the, the pods, I mean, they, they were they were calling them torpedoes, but essentially what they were, this one-man ships. So I thought they were going to land there so Khan could have all his cronies back, and then he that would like destroy what, the Klingon That's what Khan wanted, but it seemed like the Admiral wanted there to, shoot to be too. actual torpedoes. But then later on, he said that they, he knew that there were people in them, too. So he's like, well, so you knew there were just people in it, too, so what the heck is going so on here? What did you think was going to happen? Because he said, I want you to destroy the thing. I was like, but you just said that there are people in them. They're not real torpedoes. So I was like, well, what? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's happening. The other thing that really bothers me about the movie, because like I said, if you just watch follow the fun good lord it's so, it, i mean a, this is a like a movie. superbly well-made movie it's like you can't not but, watch this and be not excited for star wars or something coming but out the, the, but the star but, but the story <laughs> does bother you in the sense of because the other thing that it's no monster wrath of khan and that that's really the problem because wrath of khan you have these two sort of seasoned leaders in in a battle of wits like a battle of tactics and strategy out in space, mm-hmm. you know. It's essentially it's like a, a, a navy mo- naval battle movie in space. Yeah, it's like a submarine space yeah. battle. Like, yeah. and it's so fun to see them. And and there's a genuine enmity between them. 
Yeah, so and it's, I, it's I have a weird perspective because I watched that. I told Sean I watched that the night before. I watched this. I watched Wrath of Khan for the first it. time, <laughs> right? The night before. Yeah, we see well, this. yeah. I was listening to. The, I, was, I listened to the uh, summer preview, and uh, then I watched Space today. Seed. I watched Space Seed the other day too. So I've seen all these backstories now after the fact or before the fact, and oh, even yeah. that, He's even that so movie, young, so young. That movie impressed me in a lot of ways because it's like it has really good writing in a lot of ways. Like, it's like, Oh my God, that's what some of these movies miss. They have great character moments, great lines, but are great, like funny lines. But Wrath of Khan, like has some great lines, you know, like actual poignant lines. It's like, Oh, well, these, what a great. Well, these well, days they feel like they got to tell a story at 150 miles an hour. Yeah. But they I mean, don't ever have a good writing. Like, Oh, that's a quotable moment. There aren't any quotes from this movie where there are a bunch of quotes from that Wrath of Khan. That's why yeah, people well, quote it all the time. That movie is what really established everything to do with Star Trek. Because I, I remember watching Star Trek as a kid, and I liked it okay. It was on TV. I, I liked it. It was space and stuff. But when I was 10 years old, they took me to the theater. Like, like my mother took me to the theater, me and my brother to the theater, and we watched Star Trek Two, And that's like the first Star Trek movie I saw in the theater. I mean, obviously, we didn't see the first one because it was like 1979. But... But I feel like I feel like that but that you, was what culminated, and that wasn't just me though, because that was just a great movie. But that's what made me a fan of Star Trek, and that's what made everybody really understand that movie defined who all the characters were and what all of their sensibilities were and everything, like Kirk and the No Win Scenario, and you know it, that everything that made him who he was was actually laid out in that movie. Yeah, he and has, he has a lot that of great became lines. the template. Yeah, I can I can pretty much say that I was a a Star Trek movie fan before I was a TV series fan I, uh, because I mean that that was our generation those movies were coming out when we were kids mm-hmm. uh, and no other movie came close to that one and it was like that movie set uh, it set the standard and nothing met it yeah. and still is sort of true so it's kind of funny it's like you're trying to tell that story but you're doing it first it's a space seed kind of story but it's instead of like in Star Trek 2 it's like an older Kirk trying to to sort of figure out how to recapture that that sense of no win scenario when he actually does feel like he's dying every day. Well, and that's why. But it, I mean, the only the only criticism of that, like, is that it, it it is great and it actually is really entertaining and stuff. But the two things I was disappointed with watching it, the only, and I think it's a great movie. It's, it was really solid. But is that they beat Khan, but it's it's one just kind of because Khan ends up being an idiot. And also, they kind of beat them by blind luck because they fly into the nebula, and then there's this five-minute scene of them all just flying around. They don't know where anybody is, and they don't do anything to do this, but they just happen to come up behind them. And I was like, okay, well, then you guys won because of that. That's why, I mean, it it works, and they beat him, and it's just really convenient. (laughs) But I was like, they didn't really, they outsmarted him by going in there, but it's really a lot of luck. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. No, They they outsmarted him because uh, Spock makes a comment about how uh, inexperienced a ship captain Khan is. Well, yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, that's why he. But as, as, it's just going into there in the first place because he's giving up his advantage by going in there, and I get that. But once they're in there, it's just it's just a crapshoot about who's going to win, and they just happen to come up behind him. And it's like he could. I mean, Khan could have came up behind them if Khan had found them just on on surprise like they did. Then he would have won. Like it's not. It wasn't anything. But you know Khan is sort of a lunkhead in the movie is what makes Khan not really work because he seems so smart, but everything he does is dumb because he coordinates, he orchestrates his capture as though there's a plan. And that's all based around, I guess, the belief that this admiral is going to come with the bigger ship. Well, there was a, there's but, a criticism of that, that it's interesting towards the original though, is that the original Khan, like him being kind of an idiot and even that fatal mistake that he makes, it's all because of personality because he is superior, but that goes into his personality. He's like arrogant. And this Khan is just super cold. He's like a psychopath and he doesn't have that same, like, I am superior to you in every way. Like he doesn't, he kind of does that a little bit, but he doesn't have that personality that's doing that. And so you don't see where that flaw, like you see <laughs> Ricardo Montalban, like that actually, that idea that he is, he just thinks he's better than everybody else and he's going to just defeat him. He but the problem me. is too, is in the original <laughs> film, and this goes back, because here's the timeline in the original timeline. In Space Seed, like Khan is frozen like in the late 90s <laughs> and they unfreeze him. And so he's a genius, but he has no understanding of the time period he's in. You know, he does some reading or whatever, but they're not going to give him access to all this, like, 
really sensitive stuff. So he's orienting himself not only to future technology, but also, you know, like they say in Star Trek II, he doesn't understand the concept of space battle because he doesn't know that, you know, we have like a 360-degree plane that we can work with. I mean, I could literally ram from the ground up to him. It's like, we don't have to be facing each other to win. I could come from anywhere. We're in space. We have our own gravity. And so the reason that that works is because Khan is like revived for like a week and then they just maroon him on a planet that has nothing. So by the time they see him 20 years later, he's still just as ignorant of the time and everything. And that's how they keep outwitting him. It's like, you may have the superior intellect, but we understand our surroundings better. Like the best scene in in Star Trek II of all is where they just sit there and they punch in (laughs) like the serial number for Reliant and just start telling Reliant to turn the shields off. (laughs) It's like, you're in our ship, man. You think we don't know how this ship works? And there's just this look on Khan's face where it's like, do, 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 when they see like the little image of the shields going down. I thought the other guy was going to cry. I can't can't do anything. He's like actually hitting on it. And it's so, that's like such a great moment because you see, yeah, you, you guys are superior men, but that doesn't mean you know how to fly this spaceship. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, I think, well, that's what I'm saying. Khan is built up as this really awesome bad guy, but he's really kind of, I mean, is that the thing? He's just really an awesome bad guy by personality because but he reason, never does outsmart him, right? But the reason that that argument doesn't hold up, though, in this timeline is the whole point of this timeline was, oh, after the destruction of Vulcan, we unfroze Khan and trained him to be like a super intelligence officer in Section 31, which is like Starfleet CIA. And so we trained him on all this stuff. He's he's possessed of all this information now. This is He's been studying all this crap. He knows our protocols and all this stuff. So it's like he doesn't have that same disadvantage that they can use. Like, he shouldn't be acting this stupidly. He's He not only has the superior intellect, he, he has all the information. So he's, he should be a super con. So he should be a lot smarter than he was in the original. And they're like, oh, he was so dangerous. It's like, he should be way more dangerous now. But instead, he just runs around, like, making these really dumb plans that don't seem to make any sense. But that's the, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That I think... But that's the character, I think. I mean, am I right that, like, Khan in the, that original thing, he never really... I mean, in the original Space Seed episode, he outsmarts him for a second and takes over the injury room and takes over stuff. But then they just kind of outsmart him doubly and do it again. Yeah, and they and play just, to his Well, they don't they actually outsmart him. The other, girl just, the other girl just double betrays him and helps Kirk, and that's how they get out of it. And but then, that's his arrogance, too, because yeah. he just assumes. And then in the... And then in the um, and in the movie, I mean, what, what does Khan do at any point to outsmart him, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, where does he I mean, show? Because even the part where he's like, "Khan," I mean, that's well, that's me, Kirk it's, it's playing so that much... up. That's Kirk playing that up, right? Because he walks out two hours later, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we're about to leave." So he oh, knows yeah, we already had like, a plan in motion. Yeah, he was just that. doing that to ham it up, and that's what works about that thing because it is kind of cheesy, but it works because he's actually doing it. He's acting because he knows he's about to get out and he's not trapped. <laughs> And that's why they're saying the one in this movie is dumb because it's like, well, it is kind of dumb when you see well, it. Well, yeah, it is. It's, it's like dumb. he's like because in the original, he was actually. I mean, you could say it's cheesy, but you're saying, well, he was just hamming it up to make Khan get all pissed. Well, you know, I, I mean, to, I mean the, but also the first time. I mean, it was pretty dramatic. I guess the first time you saw it, if you hadn't, if you didn't know what was. Well, coming yeah, out. I know, I, and it's not. He's doing it because of that. I mean, because um, the yeah, guy, the a, captain, dies homage. too. They just couldn't help themselves on it. But yeah, because that, that would be a thing if you had no idea what was going on. And that, that's sort of what's going on a little bit wrong with this movie. Is like, if, if you didn't really know anything about Star Trek, like The Wrath of Khan, you, there would be some moments that are supposed to be significant in this film that would not be significant to you. So right. using those elements doesn't really work when you're trying to make this movie for a, like a, a, just a general audience. But for people who are familiar with that film, it doesn't really work as an homage because it doesn't have any of the real complexities that made that story interesting to be developing that parallel. Because you've got, like, you've got a young, impulsive Kirk, so he's not challenged by Khan in the same way. And there's no reason for them... I mean, I guess they were tr- maybe trying to do a reversal where it's Kirk who's, who wants vengeance on Khan because he killed Christopher Pike and all this kind of stuff. But it's all just... It all just sort of gets put together to make the the plot go to the place they want the plot to go. Yeah, but it doesn't the... really make sense story wise. Yeah, like... and not, not that Star Trek Two did in everything either. Like Star Trek Two, they go to this planet because they think it's another planet. 
<laughs> like, you thought this was SETI Alpha 6. Like, we should really check how many planets are in a system before we just make assumptions. Yeah. That, well, that's Especially when bad. one has, like, a megalomaniac supervillain living on Yeah, you'd think there'd be a note in the computer about that, would you? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, in Talos 4, we can't even go visit that place be- without getting executed because there's just telepaths there. <laughs> but but this has Khan on it, who's like Hitler. Well, I mean, yeah. like I said, both movies have their little you know plot things that are not that don't, that don't quite work. Um, but I mean, and and as far as like the intelligence thing, you know, like you know why the original Khan was a match for Kirk in some ways. I, I mean, it wasn't so much about knowledge as just the fact that he was just a madman. He was willing yeah, to do whatever. Yeah, he was whatever. just awesome. I mean, he had a fun yeah. person. He was just a strong personality. Well, he was willing to do whatever, including blow himself up to win. You know? Yeah. And that's why I, he's just he's just interesting. And that's why, I mean, I get that. But I, I, I guess my perception of it is that he was much more genius than he is. And I was like, wait a second. It's like they kind of beat him just because he's kind of a old fogey with this no, stuff. Neither, like, neither don't one know of them how really to fly does. this ship, actually. So I don't know what I'm doing. Like, neither, neither Khan really does anything to establish himself as being super intelligent. Right. Yeah. My biggest problem, I guess, now I love how Greg says, like, he liked it, and now we're just crapping on it the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> My, well, I, I mean, I, I did like, I did like things... it. And I'll tell you why. Because. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think J.J. Abrams, somewhere along the line, got that Star Trek was different than Star Wars. I don't think he knew that when he was making the first one. See, I, and, so you like this better than the first one? I like, Yeah, I like this one better than the first one. Uh, see, I think the first one, I watched that again the night before, too. I watched Wrath of Khan and the first one the night before. <laughs> and I think the first one's phenomenal. Like, I think it's super solid as a story. Yeah, and just I really enjoyed tight, that first one. I, the, the, I mean, I, I was more impressed with it watching it again this time. No, see, Man, it, this is a tight it, story. it bugs me, and like all the all the creative command structure changes and all this sort of stuff. I mean that, I mean how he can go from cadet to captain after one incident, and this, these types of things that they had to do to to get him in the chair. I mean, just just really kill it for me. I just and and also the, I mean, just everything about it. The the production design, the way the ships move, it just—it was Star Wars. He was trying to make Star Wars. And well, I'll tell you, I do sort of jump on your bandwagon because you posted that thing on Facebook about uh, the stuff that he wanted to do, building a sort of multi-platform mm-hmm. franchise out of Star Trek, and it, it kind of worked out well because you know Paramount and CBS share rights to Star Trek, so you can't just—even though Paramount's big on the film franchise you can't just control everything star trek because of that because you have to go back to cbs and ask them too and so jj abrams and i don't agree with this i'm glad that he didn't get his way on this but one thing that really bothered him was that cbs insisted on doing merchandising using the original cast likenesses like he really thought as a pivotal part probably because he owns a piece of this but but he really thought as a big part of his his multi-platform campaign that all the merchandising all the branding should be for the new franchise or and there, or there was brand confusion but it shows you that a little bit of a lack of respect there for for the source material that he really thought that this reboot could actually replace the original Star Trek right. yeah Star Trek got worked that way it's like much exactly. more of a multi-face thing than... well well that and you know when the you know, CBS wasn't just going to throw away you know, at that time, yeah. 48, 49 years of a of a major property. Well, been, and, yeah. and they rightly understood that there is a market specifically for that kind of merchandising where there isn't always. There are some people that like the old Trek that probably don't like these movies at all. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's So they don't want to buy a Star well, that Trek was, thing that, with, that, Chris, that, with Chris Pine's face on it. They well, want that was me. Shatner. I mean, that was me until this one. <laughs> well, uh, that's sort of me when it comes to the merchandising. I don't want a Chris Pine doll. You know, but I have like the old like Star Trek. Well, see, stuff, I mean, like the, 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 the weapons in the original in the original Star Trek to me look more weapon like than these toy things I got now. I mean, all the shiny and with all the little crystals and stuff on it. I mean, that's space nineteen ninety nine kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it just I think, a, yeah, I it is weird like going over the differences. I like I I like what Chris Pine does. I think of the characters. I mean, of course, Carl Urban does a great job, and like, um, 
what's his name? Simon Pegg does a great job. I, and I, I, I I've always like, oh, I I like the cast. we have like Quinto as Spock, but for these movies it works. But I don't like him as Spock in the sense that he's like a very pissed off Spock. Like the thing about Spock when you look at the, the and when I watch Wrath of Khan and I see, I mean, I've seen the show before, and he's such he has such like kind of wisdom. In the sense that he, mm-hmm. he he's not pissed off. He plays being logical and emotional. He plays it so well. He just he doesn't play it as being cold. He just plays it as being objective. He's like, well, no, I don't think so. And you don't and feel it's scared. charming. He yeah, he doesn't play. Leonard being... Nimoy really brings that to the part. Well, if you catch some of the early episodes with Spock in it, not not like the pilot, but if you go into them about ten episodes in, I mean Spock is kind of cold in those episodes. Well, I watched that space scene, that's like 18 of the first season. So, I mean, and but he, even in that, he, he he's just cold, but he's not pissed off. Like, Quinto plays it like he is just pissed the entire time. Even at the beginning of it, he, he just plays it like he's annoyed. And I was like, I, I think it's like, I don't know if that's a choice or if it's just like not a depth of like actually... He, well, it's got something to do with the writing because there's, there's so much urgency to the writing. Yeah. I mean, it's because Vulcan got destroyed, and that's so now he's always going to be well. He, he, off. Do, he that... does display an annoyance about Kirk. He, I mean, you're right because he's getting annoyed that Kirk is breaking all the rules, and uh, and well, that, of course, that doesn't happen in the original series. Kirk doesn't. I mean, he does break the rules, but not so egregiously as. And that's the dumb thing. Th- yeah, if you want to talk about a weird story kind of loophole in the beginning of the movie where they had the little adventure with the um, the volcano and stuff, and they, I mean, the whole the whole crux of that thing is that. Spock's in that thing's like we cannot break the prime directive by getting us you coming in them showing them the starship that'll be break the prime directive and then they get out and he writes his report and then even Pike in the movie tells them he's like you broke the prime directive by interfering with the, the situation to begin with he's like you shouldn't even have done that I was like that's the yeah. whole idea I was like so why are, it's just a weird like crux that they're like fighting over it I was like guys you're not even supposed to do any of this that you're already breaking the rules like really, Spock, it's weird that Spock wouldn't know that. You know what I mean? Like that he well, wouldn't yeah, actually understand. Actually, it. I mean, if, if Spock was really that annoyed about it, he he probably would have uh, recused himself from duty. I mean, right, uh, right. You know, that, that kind of so. so it's so it's weird that they're fighting over at that point. I was like, when I was watching. I was like, aren't you guys already doing all this stuff? I was like, who cares? It's fun. I was like, come on. They're just, it's just kind of, this movie felt a little sloppy story-wise. Let me just say that. It was fun, and it was super well-made, and the characters, everything about this movie, except for just maybe the tightness of some of those plot. It just feels like they got, they they needed to have that scene. They needed to have a scene in the volcano. They needed to have an argument about something so he could get him out of there so they could get in trouble, so he could not, like, they needed those things to happen, so it just feels like some of these things yeah, weren't so as. Well, I feel like that happens it, yeah. a lot. You know, they need it's something like at the done, end, the, and, they, and they don't write... The scene doesn't come to them. the 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 need for a scene comes to right. Them. And the, and when yeah. I when and I was that's wa- where things always go wrong. And when I was watching it, the only it never bothered me during the entire movie. Like this stuff came up later on. You start thinking about it, like Dark Knight Rises, but but as I was watching it, the only time that actually bothered me was right at the end, is when they when he knocks him out of warp, which is pretty awesome. I think that literally like guy catches up to him and does all that stuff. But then they're 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 by the moon, and the Earth is in sight, and so now. The people of Earth, whoever the freaking like, uh, you know, space command is, like all these space station and everything, they see this stuff come up on on their yeah, what on their are monitors. Our planetary defenses. Why? Why sort of are two star, like like fleet vehicles fighting each other? What is going on? Why don't are, why don't they get surrounded by people? You know why? <laughs> and as that other because they wanted to have a huge, big like set piece of that ship crashing into Earth. That's why they're at Earth. And it's like, Wes, he's coming down into Earth. It's like, why aren't there things stopping this thing or shooting this thing down? Because where are any any kind of other military vehicles <laughs> except for these two ships? And they're like, oh, well, we need to crash into this whole city because that's like a big point of the movie. Like, we show that in the trailer and we really want to do that. And then at the end of the movie, like after this devastation when he gives that speech, he doesn't even mention that all these people died. He's like, well, now that we're about – now that the Enterprise is rebuilt. I was like, what about the city? That just got demolished by like this nine eleven times ten event. So, that well, happened. two two cities, London and and also San yeah, Francisco, and nothing, none of that, none of that. It's just well, the enterprise is rebuilt, so it's pretty, pretty great. So we're cool. Well, I mean, and that's, I mean, yeah, they they don't the writers. I I feel like I, I mean I feel it has to be the writers. Yeah, what is the writers? Get, don't get the federation. They don't understand how. Well, there may be up. a clash going on it here because the writers are Star Trek fans, but there may be too much pressure as to where 
the story they want the story to go. So the, the writers are constantly just working in any kind of Star Trek reference. I mean, because wouldn't it make more mention sense? Mention Dorns, mention Dribbles. Wouldn't it make, yeah, wouldn't it make more sense if they, like, he knocked him out of the warp and they're way far away from Earth? Because they could just impulse their way back to Earth right there. It's like if they knocked him out of warp and they were just this in the middle of nowhere. Another and, problem And with then it became modern, this classic Star Trek showdown. Because that's exactly what had to happen in the first Star Trek movie. they got to be coming after Earth. Yeah, it's like they come back to Earth that too. Yeah, what made Star Trek Two work again was they're out of the middle such, nowhere. It was a personal battle between these two. Well, people. that's what makes like, Star Trek Star Trek. With Kirk well, and Kirk well, you know, was, and that's, had his own personal shit going on. And that's kind of what gives me hope about this, about the the next Star Trek. Yeah, because now they're on their five year mission. Well, yeah, yeah. For one thing, uh, I don't think J.J. Abrams will be back, and I think, um, yeah, they're going to go on a five year mission, so they're going to go into deep space. So they're going, they're going to run into some... war with the Klingons. I mean, yeah, because Star Trek well, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I mean, I, but it was so sad because they could make they could make alien style movies like, you know. Right. You well, know, that's what's cool about Star Trek when I was a kid with, seeing know. the show and like Next Generation is that they're like it's like they, they all those when it becomes a military thing, they're basically just submarine battles. But like the idea that. They're just out in the middle of nowhere, and they have to use the strategy and tactics to actually well, I mean, get out yeah, of that several, situation. Several, you know, episodes in the original Trek where they're just battling some creature trying to kill. Right, them. right, you but know, it's and, scary because uh, they don't have any help. They're just out in the middle of nowhere, they're out right? In the right. Space, yeah, yeah. And they're usually like uh, outclassed in some way because they run into some. I was like, but if you're technology. getting attacked, you see Earth. There's Earth in the background of this shot. I was like, can't you guys do something? Yeah, call for help. Because what he is doing is like crazy. He is attacking. He is about to kill a whole, a whole like a ship full of Federation officers. Well, you know what's also, what's also funny about that is like even if they had had not had any like Earth-based defenses before Nero showed up. Don't you think they would have built some before? Yeah, because the whole reason that they woke Khan up was because of Nero. The whole reason Section Thirty One was there was was like brought in because Nero. They don't have good things. They existed before that, but their 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 security is horrible. Like the fact that Simon Pegg can just sneak into that base and just the ship. I know. Fly to it. Like find the the giant ship, and then he just gets on the ship. You guys gotta like some better security. It makes everybody feel like dopey. That's it's a a gag in the movie, but when they show him running, it's like he's running like through all these hangars. Like so, there is nobody guarding the ship. Well, they, they, he's <laughs> running through gymnasiums to get from one place to another and, and making no effort to conceal himself. And, but in, in the real world, like you could go out to Area 51 or wherever you know, those bases are and just walk on as a person. And within five minutes, you'll be surrounded by helicopters and stuff. You know you what I mean? You can just go look at it. <laughs> you can just go look at it, and guys in a truck will come up. Yeah, and you're one person, not in a vehicle. If you just, they have people, they can spot you with satellites and stuff, and know that people are out there. Isn't that crazy? And that we can't just. I, it's just one of those weird, like, logic things. It's like, I don't know. But it was kind of interesting to me that the communicators now work a lot like cell phones. So you, you can make a you can make a call to somebody like on Earth with your communicator. Yeah. Well, that's the two big <laughs> one a, of the there's, there's huge two technology problems going into the next movie though. One, they've solved death right, and that the idea that they've solved any kind of sickness death because the fact that unless they do some kind of thing where they're like, well, we hit him and we didn't, you know, we, that's too powerful to have. Now we can't have. It becomes like a Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Yeah, because but and they, the so they didn't say that. So like that's a dumb thing. But also this whole idea because they introduced in the first one, and then the fact that they keep going with that um, you know whatever the super supercharged uh, teleport thing that he teleported the Kronos across it. So it's like now you can just like beam up to anywhere in the galaxy. Yeah. That's a problem because now if you're way out in space. That's like so we could just beam back like across light years and it doesn't matter anymore. That's a weird technology problem. I mean, I don't know how they're going to handle that. As they far as won't. they won't, because that takes away yeah. that kind of isolation. Can... That's sort of the problem with Star Trek. Anywhere, remember, we used to run a Star Trek role playing game, and my brother was like a welcome. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're gonna spend like forty-five minutes talking about Star Trek, and then just try to run a nerd alert on me. But we were doing the Star Trek role-playing game, and 
I would try to like I'd write these things where it's like a murder mystery because that's like a good sort of Star Trek episode. And every time my, my, my brother would be like, "All right, we get the suspect and put him in the verifier chair because like they had a chair in Star Trek that made people tell the truth. They yeah. never used it except like in one episode. It's like, damn that verifier chair, it's broken." Uh. Immediately. Because yeah. they start just rampantly creating technology. Well, Star Trek's full full of little things like that. You know, I mean, they they've always had these little weird instances where they create some sort of technology that, yeah, that could solve a lot of problems, but then you don't see it again. So, Here's a couple of things that I'd like to see in a in a sequel. Like, I would like them to tone it down. You can make a big blockbuster with a lot of action without it just being without the story just going out the window. Well, I, but I, I would, I, yeah. Here's some things I'd like to see them that they could mind. One of which I think is one that's got to be sort of on their radar, which is the mirror universe. Yeah. Which that's just a neat idea where they go, they go like through some, always there's some transporter snafu that does something. That doesn't need and, to be the next one because the, the, the kid well, already screwed be up Klingon. enough. You know. Hopefully they'll work in the fact that they're out on this five year because here's one of my predictions will be that the Star Trek three is simply like five years later they're like man how about that mission I know <laughs> you think they're finally getting that was a it's great five year like, mission that was awesome we all got to know each other a lot better yeah. there's a lot of backstory that we can that we can mine in future films uh, I hope not but, I mean but it that's might one <laughs> thing they could do another thing they could do is I really think they're gonna go with the Klingons as a baddie because that's sort of what they were getting. At here but that doesn't have to be like where the story starts they could still be in that five-year mission and do something like because when they were on the five-year missions they were forever running into the Klingons yeah yeah it's probably gonna have something to do with the Klingons so I, I could see them out on a mission and the Klingons become an obstacle because that used to happen all the time in the show where they're like trying to establish diplomatic relations and the Klingons show up and all hell breaks loose or a trouble with tribbles kind of thing where they're like in some kind of neutral spot and just throw in tribbles. Well, but they won't do that now because they've, they've introduced a tribble. I mean, so that, that it's obvious. <laughs> that they know. drove me crazy anyway. Cause they are in the middle of like the most tense situation. Yeah, where it's like, what are you like, doing? Bones? Yeah. Like I'm messing around with this tribble to see what cons blood. <laughs> that is so, well, that's Would what I'm talking that? about. That is so sloppy because so you I, knew that that was going to be significant. We couldn't do that like at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> It's in the middle of that tense scene. He's like, I need to take you with me, and I don't trust you. You're going to pay for what you did. Bones, what are you doing with that tribble? It's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just injecting with blood because just... apparently tribbles have human blood. That's apparently a <laughs> thing out there. I get it. Why do you have even one tribble on the ship? You know what tribbles do? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be up to our necks and tribbles by the time this thing is done. Well, that's the next movie. Have a dead tribble? Well, that's what they should have done to show that still alive. super tribbles. Yeah, now you've created a superior <laughs> tribble. Instead of just showing yeah. it going, meh, meh, and like, like moving, they should have just opened the door and just like fall out. <laughs> tribbles like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Damn it, Bones. I wish if they had the guts, they won't do it. But I mean, if they had the guts, they'd make a scary Star Trek uh, movie. I mean, they. I think in this franchise, that that's out the door. You yeah. can do that. You'd need another reboot to do something like that. What they need to do is use this as an excuse to relaunch Star Trek shows. Doesn't have to follow this franchise if it doesn't want to, but sort of use something from this to start a new Star Trek show that isn't some next generation. Thing. Well, see, any show now has a great thing because they can also do this thing where throwing out canon out of the window because they can just start do whatever they want. You can to. use any timeline right. you want or just create a new one. I wonder what they would do. I mean, because really from a, from a merchandising standpoint, it would probably be smarter to like do a post next generation type of series, but you know, make it edgier for the time. Yeah. What I would think you could do, do a next generation of this timeline. That's my other sequel idea where they just get thrown <laughs> into the future and they run into Picard and all them <laughs> rebooted. I'd love to see the rebooted next generation crew. 
That would be awesome. That would be interesting too. Yeah, that would be that kind would of be, fun. That would be a lot of fun. If you're if we're just trying to have fun with it, these are the ideas I'd go with. Do mirror yeah. universe. Do the next generation. As long as they don't stick with the, the same production design, I cannot stand the look of the current Enterprise. It looks terrible. I Which mean, of the of the movie in the movies? Yeah, I oh, really. It. The I ones mean, that yeah. it's okay, but I actually like the one from the original TV show better than this design. There's something clunky on the back end of this thing. They try to make it look like that, but the the way the nacelles come out, they're all clunky, weird looking. Well, I, I mean, like how they the, do the in exterior this movie. of the ship itself with the bridge. I mean, this all white bridge, and it just you know it. it just, well, I said that before. The ship at the beginning of the very first movie was a much cooler looking ship, and the uniforms too. Yeah, they're much darker like and stuff. Yeah, they should have just kept it dark like that. Yeah, I like that. I've said it before, but I, I just like it better when it. But looks I do like, like how they the do that with like the engine room and. Oh, it's like this huge warehouse-sized engine. So I love that stuff where it looks all <laughs> industrial. I, think I don't mind pretty... that. Yeah. Well, you know, I I don't. <laughs> where it's like Willy Wonka's. Because it doesn't back. it doesn't look like a spaceship uh, engine room. It looks like. Well, a, but it looks like well, a big it, machines engine room. It does look like a spa- like to me. It does look like a spaceship's engine room because it looks like this huge. That's like what a what a like a particle collider in place looks like. It it wouldn't look super slick. It would look industrial like that. Right, I mean yeah, that's how but the. If you went into it, a nuclear reactor, that looks like that. It doesn't look like. Well, some I may have messed Apple myself store. up on that one too because I read, you know, when the uh, when the first uh, new movie came out, that uh, they they shoot the engine room sequences in a brewery. All those are just like you know, big. That's pretty cool. Know, vats, <laughs> vats of beer, you know. <laughs> it, you know, and and the, it looks like boilers. You know, it, it, I mean, I I don't know. I just don't like it. I like that idea that they, how, how big it is because I mean there you, you just get a kind of scale of those because that's the only place you see the scale of the ship. Well, apparently, apparently this Enterprise is larger than the TV Enterprise from the original series. This this Enterprise is supposed to have like over a thousand people on it. Whereas... You can say that, but then when they're doing that exterior shot where they're zooming into the window and you see Kirk standing there it's like well this thing looks like it's got like eight floors to it then i see him distinctly through that window when i like how they do that they do that they do that a few times in this movie and i like how they they take this like cg shot and bring into some guy standing right there i like i think that's pretty cool yeah that's that makes sense Uh, i mean that for for them to have a window right there i think that's always been kind of a joke too it's like yeah why does the bridge have a window why is there glass here Transparent aluminum, come on. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I mean, all that aside, you know, I, like I said, you know, these these are big time frenetic action movies, so I'm I'm willing to accept some story bobbles and some you know just just action out the wazoo. But I'm just I like a- I like where they ended it. Sean, Greg, and Andrew will continue their discussion of Star Trek next week. Believe it or not, they've got a lot more to say on the subject. They will also most likely have some things to say about Star Wars and Game of Thrones, so have a bottle ready. Until then, you can hear more TV Ate My Dinner and TV on the Throne at TVAteMyDinner.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Plus, us on something. To be continued. Dog Crazy. Dog Crazy.